Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center, this is CM Alexander with the news. Strap in, sports fans, because this year, Dairy Public Library's Dodgebook Tournament is back and bigger than ever. We're going to take you to the action live with sports correspondent Dr. John Hellijohn. Thanks, CM. Things got off to a rough start as the Sandman appears to have left the Neil Game Ons groggy as they were easily dispatched by the Edgar Allan Pwned. Quote this reporter, give me more. You're listening to Dairy Public Radio. This is Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King book club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Khan, alongside CM Alexander. Hello, everyone. And Benjamin Graham. Hey, ho, constant readers. And today we are bringing back March Madness. I'm mad for March. <laughs> I still don't understand how brackets work. <laughs> that is still, so you've had a whole year to figure out brackets and it's not working out I for didn't. you. Uh, now, so last year, uh, for those of you who remember, we had just finished 16 books, so we put all 16 of them in a bracket and March madness our way through to our favorite Stephen King book. So this year, instead, we decided to do protagonists versus antagonists. So half of our bracket's going to be protagonists, the other half antagonists. We, I, I asked each of you to give me your picks. Uh, I put it out on social media to get other people's picks and pretty much the most common answers uh, only covering books we've done so far. These are what our matchups are going to be. And the matchups were selected at random and I cannot wait to get into them with you guys. So the way this is going to work is I am going to, we're going to start. This episode is going to be protagonists. So we're going to do the protagonist side of the bracket today. I'm going to list the matchup. Then we are going to just discuss which one of these two is the best protagonist by whatever measure or means that is to you and we'll okay. get into that as we, we, we go. don't have uh rubrics or anything. yeah there's no real criteria gotcha <laughs> it's the your criteria is what you argue your criteria is are you okay. guys just doing this for my benefit <laughs> <laughs> and then we will go around and we'll vote and whoever gets at least two out of three will advance to the next round. Mm, okay. And after every match, it'll rotate who gets the first vote. So who winds up being the tiebreaker if there is a tie. Cool. And so our, I, I think we should just go ahead and get right into it. You guys ready to roll? Yeah. Uh, yeah first, we should uh, mention up top that this list is objective. Absolutely. And uh, anyone that argues with us will be summarily executed. <laughs> 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 on TV during an apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. Classic stand fashion. <laughs> Our very first matchup, Alan Pangborn versus Carrie White. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay, who who starts? Because I have two thoughts right up top. All right, let's, let's talk about Alan Pangborn. R- yeah, right up top. My first thought is, how is how does anyone stand a chance against Alan Pangborn? <laughs> <laughs> You have very strong protagonist feelings about Alan Pangborn. I mean, I do too. But Alan I'm... Pangborn is just such, uh, I feel like uh, among King protagonists, he has to be one of the most iconic ones. Just because, I mean, maybe people that aren't as knowledgeable about the books don't know 
Alan as as well, but like he's just around in so many of them. <laughs> he, he's just in more books. And also he's just such as uh, a character who gets more, uh, we get to spend more time with. He's so fleshed out. His character arc is so good. I, I love Alan Pangborn. And my second thought is Carrie White's a protagonist. This is, yeah, this is really interesting because I, I can see that argument. Mm-hmm. But also, I feel like our protagonists, they do have flaws. And that's part of what makes them interesting mm-hmm. is the journey that they take to overcome those flaws. Carrie didn't have that opportunity to do that. So her, I could see you referring to her as a protagonist or an antagonist. Yeah. I, and she, she's more of a sympathetic character Whereas Alan mm-hmm. Pangborn gets to take a lot of, of action that seems to bring him more autonomy. She's mm-hmm. kind of backed into a corner. It, he has more power, which sucks because, you know, Carrie, I just feel sympathy towards her. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is. It's tough because like I, I do get it that she is. It's just she like does, she doesn't really fit either. She's the the object of the story. But she has so little, like you said, autonomy until mm-hmm. until the end when she has all the autonomy. <laughs> as much as she wants. Uh, it's She's almost the MacGuffin of the book rather <laughs> than uh, the protag or antagonist. Okay, it's circling back to this is a discussion we had in like episode one or two of our podcast. Ben. Yes. Is antagonist or protagonist Jean Grey? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's different, though. We, I mean, if, okay, if the book (laughs) Carrie was, I don't know, a million pages long and has taken the last 40 years to write and was still ongoing and constantly fluctuating between the two, those would be comparable. (laughs) Okay, all right. (laughs) I think of these characters, you know, Jean Grey, Carrie, and then we also have Charlie from Firestarter, mm-hmm. kind of as, again, you use the word object, and I think that's so fascinating. Um, that's also, not the right no, no, word, no, but... that is, and it is a shame. And I wish more female characters were not objects or means to an end. They remind me in a way, too, and I don't know if this is even accurate, of Agents of Chaos. Mm. But is. Are we treating Carrie as an object because of who she is or because the structure of the book, which is primarily there are the scenes from her mm-hmm. perspective, but it's a lot of people talking about her in an academic it's a fashion. Bit See, that's yeah. what I, I didn't mean uh, that no, no, she no. is an object. I meant more in like, uh, in like sentence structure. She's <laughs> the object of the sentence. It's what oh, yeah. the book is. She is what the book is about. But it is subject. Yeah, the better, the better word. No, but I think with object, you're you're subconsciously tapping into something about some of these characters, which is unique too. Because when someone is is written in that way or presented Mm -hmm. to us in that way, you know, her being kind of removed from from us because it's told primarily through that research, it, it it's kind of fascinating to me because of what you want for them and then how it colors your opinion of all of their actions. 
This is a hard one. Uh, I have a follow-up question. Yeah. What if, this is obviously is not what we're amending this discussion to, but what if we'd only met Alan Pangborn in the dark half? We get two books. Way less of, interesting. We, we get two books of Alan Pangborn. We get half of one with Carrie, really, if we're talking about the time we spend with Carrie. So I'm just, I'm curious. Uh, I wonder how it would be if Carrie had had a a second book. Well, that goes back to what I said initially. She, we had the chance to observe Alan going through things, sure, and developing, and we didn't get that for Carrie because she had a tragic end. So yeah, that would definitely make it different. As it stands, though, I'm gonna have to throw my vote to Alan. I guess I guess we're do it. We're voting. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that- <laughs> <laughs> so see, you were gonna go first anyway, Ben. In just that few minutes, it the decision, my knee-jerk reaction was like, Alan Pangborn, of course. But I, Carrie is such a strange book. Thinking back that I think when we read it, I gave it a three out of five stars, which is insane to me now. Because <laughs> it's, it is also such an iconic book, and it's so good. And I do love the character of Carrie, but simply because I don't really think protagonist is quite the right word for her she's the not a hero anti-hero yeah she's the (laughs) anti-protagonist of the book um just for that i do have to give it to alan i was also gonna go alan so clean sweep for alan pangborn he will advance to our next matchup all right up next Stu redman versus charlie mcgee okay (laughs) <laughs> I have to divorce myself from James Marsden as <laughs> Stu Redman. Oh, why? You two are so good together. <laughs> oh, that just, wow. My brain just lit up. Um, I guess I'm gonna, I don't know how I feel about it, so I'm just gonna ramble and hopefully yeah. something good comes yeah, out of it. Yeah, that's the point of this yep, show. this is a podcast. <sighs> that's what it is. <laughs> Stu Redman is a, a Boy Scout strong leader just good guy through and through a which a hunk <laughs> makes him makes him kind of boring the charm and just what james marsden brought to the character in the new miniseries the stand made Stu redmond stand out to me even more than he did in the book and so it endeared him to me a little bit and i'm sorry i know we're talking books but i'm going to pull it all together for me it is about adaptations, multiple adaptations sometimes, mm-hmm. and the story, because all of that informs my opinion of the character, whether I try to let it or not. Charlie McGee reminds me a lot of Carrie, not just because of the the superpower or the, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm called superpower, but these things are happening to her. And it isn't until that that breaking point where she becomes an active part of her own story, someone with autonomy. But she feels more real in a way that Carrie doesn't. And I'm, yeah, I I think I've made my choice, but I want to hear what you guys think. So Stu, it's, it's really hard to pick a protagonist from the stand. But on the other hand, if you are, if your knee jerk response is pick an antagonist from the stand or protagonist from the stand, you go to Stu. Uh, we see him at the very beginning. He's the first, one of the first group of people to get infected. We see what mm-hmm. the government does to him. We see what he overcomes. And then this position of power in the new world he has. Like, so it feels like 
civilization rests on his shoulders mm-hmm. so many times. And he handles it pretty well. He doesn't always make the best decision. In the book, he listens to Glenn a little way too much. <laughs> but he is in charge of the whole world, essentially, for he a perseveres. while. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, while he he doesn't make it to Vegas because of the, the fall and breaking his leg. he So he's saved from walking to his doom, but he was set out to be part of that. And I feel like we, we talked about this a little bit in the remake of the miniseries the the theme of rewarding someone and this is one of those times where you wouldn't think falling and shattering your entire (laughs) leg is a reward but it kind of is so i feel like he uh he's a character that really fulfills his destiny Mm -hmm. and then on the other hand charlie who that poor girl (laughs) is like (laughs) like that's the the subtitle of firestarter (laughs) firestarter that poor girl because she is thrown into something that is is so over her head and gets manipulated in such a terrible way but she is really strong and if Rainbird wasn't as great a villain as he is no one would have broken Charlie I don't believe a single other person would have broken Charlie and that just shows the, the strength she has and she has the strength in the end to put herself at an insane amount of risk by going public with her story. Yeah. Like that's a bravery that a child should not be forced to have. It's selfless. Yes. Mm-hmm. Th- this is also a tough one. Uh, no, it's not. Okay. So this is, <laughs> this, this is going to be the first and I'm sure not the last time that there's absolutely no consistency to the things I say. Or <laughs> but this comes down to me to which of them can shoot fire with their brain. Ah, interesting. Interesting. (laughs) um, It's interesting because there are a lot of parallels, I feel like, between Stu and Alan and Charlie and Carrie, two guys that are just like upstanding people that just want to help their community, that are men of the law, basically. And two characters that are forces of nature, that are wildly powerful and uh, at the whim of the world around them. But for this one, Charlie kills a bunch of people with fireballs, and it rules. (laughs) (laughs) It really does. Um, And I agree with what CM said. Stu is, he has so many good parts, and... He, he's a great character, but he's kind of boring. There are just so many <laughs> better characters in the stand. Uh, you could have filled this entire bracket with just protagonists from the stand. <laughs> and I just don't think he's even close to the most interesting one. Well, I think what's interesting to me is just compare the length of Firestarter to the length of the stand. Fair. And yeah. I feel like I know Charlie as well as I know Stu. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that that says a lot to I'm not sure if that is a in favor of how developed or how good Charlie is, or if it's a testament to how many characters and how little time there is to spend <laughs> yeah. in the stand. So I'm not sure where that balances on the teeter totter, but it's it's a factor that my brain keeps going back to for sure. But I, I definitely have my my vote. All right, Ben, you're up first. Um, I, I have to vote for for Charlie. I, I think last Christmas I voted her into my three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Charlie, definitely. I'm, man, I'm so torn 
because on one hand, killed a bunch of dudes with fireballs. <laughs> I'm I'm going to have to go with Stu. Stu, the, uh, watching what Stu goes through from being just a dude, uh, a widowed man in his 30s, living a humdrum life, to shouldering the responsibility of the world is just such a overall more compelling arc to me. CM, it's up to you. Ooh, I get to be tiebreaker. You're the tiebreaker <laughs> this round. It's interesting you mentioned Charlie killed a bunch of dudes because she <laughs> did. <laughs> so did Carrie, but it is two different situations. Yeah. Carrie was a trapped child responding to her environment the way someone who has not had the opportunity to grow and develop healthily responds. Charlie killed a bunch of bad dudes because they needed to sound so bad they needed to be killed. I mean, it's... Those sound oh. almost like the same thing. You just use a lot more words in the first one. No, I mean, Carrie's killing her peers. She's killing other children. She's just destroying this town. And not everybody in this town is good. Charlie is trying to escape from being imprisoned, falsely imprisoned. They killed her dad. They're trying to kill her. They're doing experiments on people. Oh. I think it just makes, I think it's a different thing. Just Charlie. You just remembered Andy. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie's a, a much younger girl than Carrie and, mm. and just showed this resilience and strength that in my book makes her a superior protagonist to Stu. So I'm going to give my vote to Charlie. All right. Charlie McGee advances to the next round where in episode three, she will face off against Alan Pangborn. <sighs> Should I just go with who would win in a fight for the rest of Because <laughs> Charlie will definitely have an advantage, it's I feel true. like. All right, matchup number three. Lewis Creed versus Rose McClendon. Oh. This is, I think in the protagonist bracket, this one might be the most difficult. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick things off. Let's, uh, let's, talk about, let's talk about Rose. Rose is a fucking badass. A, a woman who a, we the opening chapter of Rose Matter is so emotional and so insane. And the way Rose's journey kicks off and her story is just so compelling from start to finish watching her. I think for me, one of the greatest things is watching how the world treats who she is, not who she thought she's been all her life. It, she's so real it's so down to earth, uh, with the exception of magical the, painting yeah, and all a, the crazy shit that happens and a mask. It's it's a pretty straightforward story, and she, uh, yeah, she's just really easy to relate to, and her journey is so epic. At the same time, the thing that kind of pulls me away from her a little bit is that a lot of the interesting things happen around her, also, and I'm not sure where that puts my feelings on her as uh, as whether she's a stronger protagonist. Sam? Rosie has to face the abyss with her husband, with her abusive husband who killed their unborn child and just has had tormented her for years. Is a complete monster. And then she has to face a new kind of monster that in a like a weird cool twist is kind of also herself. And just her ability to to do that again it's like isn't it enough the first time she just deserves to have a good life and it's so unfair 
that these things are happening to her and, and Norman pursues her. But I feel like overall, Rosie, when she is faced facing this abyss, she screams at it. She screams her rage at it. And she is so powerful. And I could see her rising to any challenge that is presented to her. I completely agree. I think the reason I'm having trouble with this and the reason my first two choices were completely opposite of each other is I'm having trouble differentiating between protagonist and hero, which are not the same thing. True. Because Rosie is both. She is the hero of her story. She is not only the protagonist who we follow and who we're rooting for, but she does some straight up heroic shit that shows just how fucking powerful and, like you said, badass she is. She rips a dude's jaw off. <laughs> I was just hand. I was just thinking it's about that scene. As it's hell. so fucking cool. But also she has the the emotional strength and the the depth of character that you want from the main character of your uh of your books. So it, it's going forward from this, it's gonna be really hard for me to differentiate between do I like a character more because they are heroic and they do Shit, that is, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Because moving forward, who she's up against is less of one and more than of the other, you know? Very true. Uh, okay, let's let's jump to, to Lewis Creed. I mean, Lewis Creed's definitely the protagonist yeah. of this story, <laughs> but he is certainly not a hero. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he he does heroic things, those things aren't the main point of the story. Like his, the action scenes when he, his doctoring action scenes mm-hmm. oh, are yeah. very okay. heroic and take charge, take no mm-hmm. prisoners kind of stuff. But at the same time, his, his story is about tragedy. Mm-hmm. We discussed when we talked about the book, whereas Rose overcomes her tragedies. We discussed Lewis didn't have a choice. The, the Wendigo, got its hooks into him or into just Ludlow as a whole. And there was literally nothing he could do about following this tragedy over and over to its foregone conclusion. And just the, the hell he goes through to make that happen when he climbs the fence into the cemetery and like wrecks his knee. And that's the beginning of his night. And just the way that whole night is described. It's so, powerful like he he is when push comes to shove he's a guy who makes things happen whether or not those things are good (laughs) is a whole other story and he tries to do the right thing every time he can except for the prostitute thing (laughs) (laughs) i did forget about that That notwithstanding uh, most of the other decisions we meet him with are are good strong decisions of uh, a quote-unquote leading man i guess uh cm what are your thoughts on lewis creed i'm so amazed that this is random because these two characters mirror each other so well in their grief and what they go through and are put through these two books are just manipulating this concept of grief and adding these fantastic crazy elements to it 
when I think of Lewis Creed, I can picture myself making those same choices. Not the prostitute part. <laughs> <laughs> what if that prostitute was Alexander Skarsgård? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Devin. Oh, James Marsden's going to be so upset. <laughs> even though he knows better, even though he is, it's been proven to him time and again that nothing good will come from this. He is powerless both in his grief and when faced with his love for his family to do anything different. And I just feel like that is so humanizing. And I love that about his character. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, th- this is definitely the hardest one because going back to what I was saying, uh, protagonist versus hero, he is not a hero, but he is, like CM said, he is maybe the most human character King has ever written he is uh, i think i said before that after we read this book i i think pet cemetery is my favorite king book it's unbelievably good and i can't rank these based on who is the most heroic because that's not fair to just because you star in a tragedy doesn't make you any less of a compelling protagonist mm-hmm. i i could have read another two three hundred pages about the trials and struggles it would have been massively unpleasant (laughs) but uh, i could have followed this this tragedy and felt so sympathetic i i remember lewis creed as just such a fucking sad character and it, it makes the book all the stronger for it he he carries the book so well Oh, this is a fucking hard this one. This is a tough one. So uh, the, I'm, I'm going first this time. And man, I, I I talked myself into my answer. And it is not the answer I thought I was going to get. Because oh. I'm, I'm noticing a, a little bit of a pattern with my choices so far. A lot of my choices have really come down to something. The characteristic I find maybe the most compelling in a protagonist is resolve. Mm. Uh, because that so often is the difference maker with protagonists. They they are the person who who wants it more, who can stand up to more, who can take more, whatever that more may be. And we talked about Lewis having no control over, really no control over what he was doing. And that made me realize that in the end, in that insane confrontation that we go through uh, when we get the second trip at the very end of rose matter rosie doesn't have like she nothing's forcing her to do these things she sees what's in front of her she sees the option she makes the choice and makes the most dangerous choice for the highest reward and i think for me that is going to be the deciding factor and i'm going to throw my vote to to rosie cm i am also going to have to go with rosie because she truly is an amazing both like you said ben mm-hmm. both hero and protagonist e- even though lewis is a very compelling and sympathetic protagonist as well i could have easily gone to him but something about rosie again her her perseverance her resiliency josh you said her resolve all of those things are so inspiring she gets my vote ah oh, beans <laughs> <laughs> ben what was your vote uh, gonna be? i i i honestly was back and forth 
because they are so close. They're both such amazing characters. But I, I have to vote for Lewis, not just because he is the main character in one of my favorite books of all time, but the dude needs something. <laughs> <laughs> He can uh, really use a win. You're, you're right. The, pity vote? <laughs> you're... the guy gotta have some. Yeah, man. no, that's that's fair. No, they're both good choices. <laughs> All right, now we're gonna get to something. I've, I mean, I never showed you guys this bracket, Mm-mm. but there is something about this bracket I've specifically hidden from you until this moment. Aww. Last time we did this, we had a play-in match because we had different seasons, which was four stories, and we wanted to pick the best. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've decided to keep the play-in for the final protagonist matchup in. So we are going to now have the best Ben play-in match. (laughs) The one I'm recording with. (laughs) I almost left. I almost put uh, Ben in as one of these options against... would not have voted for that one. Against someone that we wouldn't want to vote for. So this is going to be a three-way matchup. We have. Hold on. I'm mean, hold on. I'm gonna try and okay. see if I <laughs> okay. remember the three bends of Stephen King. I t- <laughs> well, bends. that we've read because there are more bends. Yeah. yeah. Which BTW? You guys have to both change your name to Ben so and change our <laughs> our podcast name to the three bends of Stephen King. Um, Steve's bends. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't that. Funny. That was. No, it was. Yeah. That's the name of our bowling team. <laughs> Hi, we're well, Steve's Benz. What does that mean? Oh my god. Yeah. Nothing. Steve's Benz. What is. Okay. <laughs> That's great. That oh. just fucking hit me wrong. <laughs> so there's Ben Marston. Nope. Not his name. <laughs> nope. uh, You're close. Ben the Marston House. He. <laughs> Vampire Mears Mears Close. of course Ben <sighs> Rosie's boyfriend Is wasn't wasn't no, he a Ben? Bill. Bill Bill fuck me <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ben Underwood of course <laughs> I'm so good at names why did I think I could do this. I don't know, but it was a beautiful uh, moment. I'm, glad, I'm oh. glad we went down the train to see where this was going anyway, to Anyway, g- give us Steve's Benz. Uh, Steve's <laughs> Benz are Ben Mears, Ben Richards, and Ben Stodd. So we have Salem's Lot, The Running, Running Man, Man, and Eyes of the Dragon. Eyes of the Dragon. Oh, Eyes of the Dragon, Ben, yeah. is, is a tough one because we didn't get much of him. Yeah, because he's he is the King, King Peter's, Peter's best friend. Best friend. Yeah. Yes. So uh, one of these bends is going to go into our final protagonist matchup, and it's up to us <laughs> to decide which Ben is best Ben. I think I know who I'm going to vote uh, for, and I'm almost ashamed. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's go around. Uh, ben, kick us off. Uh, ben Mears, tell, tell us what you think about Ben Mears. Ben, oh my God, this is going to be hard because it was so long ago. Yeah, uh, that we read. Salem's Lot. Jesus Christ, when did we read Salem's Lot? That was like two years ago. Yeah, that was like our third or fourth mm-hmm. book, I think. So, if I remember correctly, Ben Mears is kind of a wiener, right? <laughs> a little. Ben has... Ben... I can't refer to them all as Ben. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, ben Mears has the same problem as Stu Redman, where he's the main character, but there are two other protagonists in the book that are just 
infinitely cooler and more interesting than him. If Father Callahan or or Mark Petrie were in this slot, then we'd be talking. But they would be bad Bens, though. They would be bad Bens. <laughs> Neither of them are named Ben. <laughs> Father Ben Callahan. Um, I remember him being just kind of one of the more fucking milk toast main characters. He creeps on a girl that's too young and well, is she's afraid of a house. Book, so she's asking for it. Also, he, <laughs> she's older than he thinks he she is, remember? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> That does not make it better. It's already bottom of the list. Well, but Ben Mears, the problem with Ben Mears, in my opinion, not the Sue aspect of it all, or the obsession with the Marston house that's way obsessive, but it's the fact that he doesn't really have a a hero moment until the the book ends like the whole hiding out in mexico to mm-hmm. uh, do this big plan that's a really cool thing about this character but it's like the only cool thing i can think <laughs> of and he does a great job he is a catalyst for rallying this team together so we wouldn't have this vampire hunting team without him but at the same time like I said, his biggest contribution is burning down Salem's lot later. And yeah. we don't even know if that works. CM? I like what you said about his moment coming at the end. And I think if the book were structured a little differently and we had gotten more of what it took for him to do this and be patient and wait and come to this decision and then enact this plan, he would be more of a character to me. What stands out to me just reflecting on a book we did read a long time ago, isn't even about him. You know, initially it's like, oh, well, but, you know, he takes care of Mark. And that bond that they have makes him a more likable character. But then I realized that's because I really like Mark. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, Ben just, Ben Mears just doesn't stand out to me as much as far as Ben's go. CM, do you want to, I'll let you pick. Do you want to talk about Ben Richards or Ben Stott next? Who's Ben Stott again? Eyes of the Dragon. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. ben, ben of Richards. the Dragon. <laughs> ben Richards, on the other hand, uh, is a loud and proud Ben. He <laughs> is a, a Ben that really lets it all Ben out. It's, yes. I don't want my name to be <laughs> verb in such an unpleasant way. He's this like dinosaur of a man, this relic from a different time. And he, his journey is that he is trying to take care of his family. He's kind of forfeiting his life for them, you know, knowing what this outcome might be. And then just the way the tables are turned on him, just such an interesting way to tell this story. And he's almost like an antihero, mm-hmm. but I think that he is just more of a, an intriguing, possibly better developed character. All right, Ben. Yeah, I, I agree. Ben Richards, lest we forget is a huge racist piece of shit. But he's also the Stone Cold Steve Austin of the <laughs> Running Man universe. Yeah, but yeah, that he's, just like Sam said, he's a more interesting, fully fleshed out character. You understand his, like, why he does the things he does. And he's, he accomplishes something really uh, uh, powerful. The, at the end of the book... I think is so interesting 
as much as I hate the character, at least I feel some way about him. I don't feel any way about Ben <laughs> But I have some pretty strong feelings about Ben Richards. And that's something. Ben Richards, yes, is for sure problematic. But I also feel like he's problematic in that way that Stephen King uses his problematic tendencies to be like, this is who he is as a person. It's not the right way to be, mm-hmm. but it's why he stands out in this world. Still not super great. The reason The Running Man is even as long as it is is because of all the people who help him along the way. He's the luckiest protagonist (laughs) in this bracket, I think, where things just kept working out for him until they stopped, until he tripped walking over his own intestines, like you do. So that, to me, like, he, he has a few really good you know, big bluff moments or the escape through the pipe drain Mm. when he thinks, oh, this is how I die in this pipe drain. And I thought, this is also how I die. You in a pipe drain. (laughs) And so, yeah, I I think that there's a lot of great set pieces where we, we see who Ben could have been in another story. Mm -hmm. I don't know if uh, that makes sense. It feels, it feels like I'm saying something too weird, but I am (laughs) glad that you guys are on board with what I'm trying to say. I didn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and last we have ben stad the best buddy character in eyes of the dragon and uh, to what we mentioned earlier we don't get a ton of ben but man what we do what a great dude like this is ben stad is a great best friend he literally goes to uh a resistance group in order to help his best friend escape (laughs) Uh, he's he's loyal, he's strong, he's got a, a great conscience. Uh, there's just, I, I wish we would have had so much more. Like we talked when we, we read Eyes of the Dragon. That could have been a whole series of books mm-hmm. and we would have loved mm-hmm. every one of them probably. So I think that for my money, Ben Stodd is one of the best people in this Ben bracket, but not getting enough of him kind of hurts him in the overall. I don't have anything to add because everything you just said about him, that's it. No, not in a bad way. I mean, yeah, he he is the best friend and he's great. And I think that he would have made for a really awesome character, a really amazing protagonist if we'd gotten that. Here's what I remember about Ben of the Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> he has a dog? No, the dog belongs to the girl from the Resistance. Okay, then I remember nothing <laughs> about Ben right. Stein. <laughs> I I remember that he was best friends with the actual protagonist of the book, (laughs) and his name was Ben. Yeah. So good on you. More more power to you, bud. (laughs) All right. uh, I think we're ready to do our votes. CM, you're up first on this one. I'm going to have to give my vote to Ben Richards. Ben? Who's your best Ben? (laughs) Twist ending. It's me. No. Uh, (laughs) I said earlier I wouldn't vote for myself even if I was in the bracket inexplicably it is ben richards (laughs) i hated this character when we read the fucking book and i gotta tell you you know what what the deciding factor is what's that cm set a precedent earlier in this podcast Uh -uh. where she said she is counting adaptations (laughs) (laughs) Ben Richards is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And if you don't vote 
for the fucking movie The Running Man in oh any God. situation, then you are an insane person. Because God. that movie is perfect. I'm very excited for the, the remake. What? Uh, it's been announced. They're they're re- are they, it's is it, gonna be the book. Are they just re-releasing the movie from the nineties? Because otherwise, <laughs> no. <laughs> no thank you. We're gonna go see it and boo every time. No, there's I not actually am excited because Edgar Wright's directing yeah. and I'll watch anything Edgar Wright yeah, makes. I'm very excited to see it. Yeah, this I can't compare it to the original The Running Man because it wasn't based off the book. <laughs> <laughs> also true. Yeah. But I'm also going to round things out and go Ben Richards. That Oof. from our lowest rated book, we, <laughs> we all well, that's that's wild. All right, so uh, now it's going to be time for Ben Richards to play for his life because now he's in the bracket and he has a very interesting opponent. This is going to be our final matchup of the episode. So this final matchup: Ben Richards versus Andy Dufresne. So Ben, give us your thoughts on Andy so, Dufresne. Yeah, we got to go with Andy Dufresne because we already talked. Um, Andy Dufresne is the anti-Ben Richards. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Everything that Ben Richards is and stands for, Andy Dufresne is the opposite. He is quiet, well-spoken, patient, smart, not a racist as far as I know. Um, <laughs> Andy Dufresne is also iconic he is such it's hard to think of what to say about andy dufresne because he's he's andy dufresne it's like his name you think andy dufresne and you just get such a crystal clear picture of the character what do you say he's he's amazing i don't have any eloquent way to put it but fucking andy dufresne rules (laughs) sam what are your thoughts on andy i'm also having kind of the same problem He's just a a good person, but also just a normal person whose resilience is his willingness to do whatever it takes, however long that takes. And there's uh, the meticulous way that he goes about that. I think there's like this clever strength in that. Yeah. And, and his basic humanity, just being a regular person, adds to his he's he's a myth he's uh he's it's it's weird and almost ironic that just just being a regular guy adds to his mythic nature in Mm -hmm. that he does this unbelievable thing i thought it was interesting you referred to him as the anti-ben richards in that it just occurred to me in almost every way especially in just what their story is about Ben is on a 40 or how, how many days is it? 30 days that he has to stay alive for the running man to uh, win or whatever. Yeah, it's like a month or yeah. something. Yeah, he, he is on a ticking clock and no matter what happens is death at the end of, of his story in a month. Andy's story is years, years of patience. He he has no clock because he's serving life. So time doesn't mean anything to him. And it's him allowing time to not mean anything that makes this plan work. You you couldn't have done this plan in, in a month. <laughs> like, yeah. You could not have rushed that. You couldn't even have rushed it. He had to wait till so many things happened to even start. And that's a, an amount of patience and an amount of foresight, depending on how. I mean, we obviously know because of him hiding the 
the stuff mm-hmm. outside that he'd always planned to escape. So I'd be I'm curious when that plan started. The what the final plan ended up being when that plan first started. Mm-hmm. I'd find that really interesting if we knew that. But Red didn't know it, so we don't know it. Yeah, I think I think that's all the talking about uh Andy. It, yeah. You don't really need a lot. Yeah. To think really hard, <laughs> uh, this is maybe the most land landslidey. Not it. The most obvious choice for me. Now, if I were deciding all of these and who would win in a fight, then Arnold Schwarzenegger would break Tim Robinson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but as far as uh, protagonists of stories go, Andy Dufresne, all the way. Yep, I'm gonna go Andy also. As opposite as they are and their stories are, there are so many similarities and parallels between them. They both have to make a really hard call. They're Mm. both forced into positions. The Ben Richards approach is more heavy-handed, and I think that that was a choice he really had. Andy, on the other hand, would have a a more well-thought-out, meticulous approach to that. And as you guys were talking, I'm just having so much trouble deciding which of them would ultimately come out on top like who would persevere in that while we're thinking of while you're thinking about it can we just have a discussion and who would do better if they switched stories i was just thinking the same thing well i was just actually going to say (laughs) sorry about (laughs) that no it's okay i i'm applying andy the character to ben's situation and i'm trying to think of how he would resolve this problem and what he would do And when it comes down to it, I know it's only 30 days. I think he would figure something out. I think he would bring them down. And so I'm going to go with Andy, too. He he wouldn't have entered into the situation without (laughs) having a plan from the beginning. He would have spent years figuring out his 30-day plan. Yeah, Ben didn't care. Ben was, like, ready to die. Well, but Ben's baby was sick, too. So it was a a situation. Yeah, Yeah, right. I kind of want to see them team up and take down. <laughs> well, I kind of want to see Arnold Schwarzenegger star in the Shawshank. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make it happen. All right. Uh, I just want to see Arnold Schwarzenegger say see what mayo. <laughs> see if he's on cameo. I'll, 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 pay. I'll pay for it. Uh, all right. So that uh, that finalizes the first round of our protagonist bracket so we'll get back to this in episode three but just to recap where we're leaving them off our protagonist matchups going forward will be alan pangborn versus charlie mcgee and rose mcclendon versus andy dufresne Ooh, that's it for this episode of dairy public radio as always thank you for listening and join us for our next episode of march madness where we will be going through the antagonist bracket for benjamin graham and cm alexander i'm joshua khan reminding you Fill out those brackets. Hey everyone, CM Alexander here. Thank you for listening to March Madness Part 1. We hope you enjoyed it. We would love to see how your brackets are coming along. Feel free to email them to us at dairypublicradio at gmail.com or post them to our social media at Dairy Public Radio. We hope you enjoy this cut audio that didn't make it into the final episode. And I cannot wait for I, you guys to see the matchups that have wound wait, up in this. I can't even I, imagine it. I take issue. We're done with the protagonists, but nowhere <laughs> on this list did I hear 
Annie Wilkes. Weird. That yes. must it must have been a typo. I could have <laughs> I could have sworn she's on the list. I'm pretty somewhere. sure when you asked me for my protagonist, I said you, you, you AD, had written down Annie Wilkes. Benny Wilkes. And- <laughs> Benny Wilkes. <laughs> That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.